0: for the grace of God I'm thankful for the spirit of God that's in this place uh, I mean as soon as I walked in the door there's people at the door with smiles on their faces and I'm thankful that there's still some people who love Jesus and love sharing the good news of Jesus and letting everybody know that you ain't always got to be sad about everything you can be happy that Jesus saves amen I like going to churches where you can feel the spirit of God. There's some places we go and we thank God we get to go there, and then we thank God we get to leave too. (laughs) But I'm thankful for the opportunity. Preacher is uh, absolutely one of the highlights of my life to be able to preach for you, and uh, I'm thankful for the opportunity. And uh, how many of you are bitter at all those people watching online at the beach this morning? I am. (laughs) Every single one of you sitting there in your bikinis and all that kind of stuff, enjoying the beach. I'm glad at least some of us are going to hold down the fort for all those folks at the beach this morning. Amen. Mark chapter number 11. Are you there? Say amen. Bible says, And when Jesus came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethphage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives he sendeth forth two of his disciples and saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you. And as soon as you be entered into it, you shall find a colt tied whereon never a man sat. Loose him and bring him. Notice three things that Jesus said that he wanted them to do. First of all, go find a colt that was tied up. Then he said, I want you to loose him and him. Bring him. Everybody say that last two words, bring him. Then the Bible says, And if any man say unto you, Why do ye this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him. And straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way and found the colt tied by the door without in a place where two ways met. And they loose him. And certain of them that stood there said unto them, What do ye loosen the colt? They said unto them, even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. They brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. Many spread their garments in the way and others cut down branches off the trees and strawed them in the way. And they that went before and they that followed cried, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I need you this morning. Lord, I ask that you would illuminate my mind and loose my tongue. Lord, help me to preach to these folks. These dear folks have not come all the way over here this morning and spit up gas money and time and energy. These uh, greeters and all the administration at this church did not put all this together and put an absolute uh, 100% effort into this service for the preacher to get up here and drop the ball. God, I ask that you would help me. Lord, uh, uh, I ask that you would bind every power of hell. Lord, uh, you would uh, cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill us all with your spirit. Lord, don't let me be a sounding brass. And a tinkling cymbal to your people this morning. But let me be a voice and a trumpet for you. Sounding out the call to folks who need desperately. We're living in a desperate time in our country. God, we need you. You are the answer to all of our problems. And I ask that you would uh, absolutely anoint me this morning. To preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I ask these things in the name that is above every name. The name that runs demons back to hell. That name that breaks chains. That name that fills a soul that's desperate and in destitute. God, that name that stirs a mama's heart and heals a fevered child. God, that name that is above every name. That name that Satan himself will bow before and every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that that name, you, Jesus, are Lord. I ask you to help me preach in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I find the text that I read to you this morning interesting. I find it interesting because Jesus is walking through a town and he's not about to heal the blinded eyes and he's not about to set a lame man on his feet and he's not about to raise the dead. The thing I find amazing about Jesus in this text is he is considering and he is concerned about a cult that is tied up. Now, it ought not to surprise you that everywhere Jesus went, he set something free uh, because of the very reason he came to this earth was because there was people that were bound in their sin. And the fact, Jesus, the first time he preached in his hometown, he took the text from Isaiah 61 and he read the text and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me now, let me take a time out right there and stop. Let me say this. I think that every man of God that stands up in a pulpit ought to be uh, as bold as Jesus was to say the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I think that every woman that's raising a child in a absolute diabolical and destitute country in in, in a society that we live in. I believe that every mama ought to be filled with the spirit of God. I believe that every father in here ought to stand up and man up and be filled with the Spirit of God. I believe that we ought to be empty of who we are and filled with the Spirit of God. The Bible said that Jesus stood up and he preached from that text. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel unto the poor. Now let me stop right there and say this. I'm thankful that he didn't say I came to preach to the gospel to those who had it going on all the time. I'm glad he didn't say I came to preach the gospel to those who have everything in order. I'm glad he didn't say I came to preach the gospel to those who had a lot of money and had everything that they ever needed but he said I came to preach the gospel unto those that were poor. Do you know what that means? That means that when I was broke down, when my life was busted up, when I had nobody and I had nothing Jesus came to preach the gospel to somebody like me if you're in here this morning and you're discouraged and you're down and out and you've got nowhere to turn I came to preach the gospel not to those who don't need a physician not to those who have no problems but I came to preach the gospel to those who were broke down busted up I'm glad that we've got a God that he don't come to those who's got everything together. There's times I don't have my ducks in a row and I can't even find my ducks at times. But I'm glad I've got a Jesus. I've got a God who preaches the power of the gospel into a life that is powerless. He said, I came to preach the gospel unto those who are poor. That gave me a chance, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then he made this statement, and to set at liberty those who are captive. Isn't that amazing? That the very reason Jesus came to this earth was to set something free. We're celebrating July the 4th tomorrow, and what an awesome day, one of my favorite holidays. and I love spending time with my family, and I love getting around and, and honoring our forefathers who had a vision, and they thought that they don't have to live in a place where a tyrant takes over their life and holds them under his boot. I'm glad that they had forethought to think that life can be a whole lot better than just living under a king who rules and reigns and reigns. Regulates my religious practice and who I am and tells me who I can serve and how I can serve. And they had forethought to think that there's a better life than what we have here. I need, to, I need to be in church this morning with some pilgrims who would decide that you don't have to live like everybody else is living, and you don't have to be held under the tyrant. The worst tyrant in this world is the tyrant of sin because it locks you in. holds you down and the regulations of the society we live in tell us that we can preach God in their way but can't preach God in God's way we can't do it by the book but I'm thankful that God came to set somebody free this morning I want to preach on that thought that he set me free the very reason Jesus came was for freedom was for liberty was for the justice of all mankind and before our forefathers had in their mind that people should not be held in the bondage of tyranny God himself saw a people destitute and down and out and he said those people cannot be set free can I tell you this morning? Whom the son has made free, he's free indeed. That word indeed holds a lot of weight. A whole lot more weight than just words. It means like when you have a house and you make that final payment, they give you a what to the house? A deed to the house. Do you know what that means? That whom the son has made free, the payment, the last payment for my freedom has been made and we are free indeed. That means not only it by our mouth, but by the word and by the written word, it's signed on the dotted line that God has established freedom in our lives. I don't know what you walked in this church building with on you. I don't know if there's somebody in here dealing with depression. I don't know if there's a woman in here that's going through a divorce. You don't know how you're going to make it out alive. I don't know if there's a child in here that's addicted to drugs or pornography or peddling to sin left and right, I don't know who you are and I don't know where you came from but I came to tell you that I'm glad you're here this morning that I know a God, I know a man named Jesus and he has come to set you free. The Bible says that Jesus is on his way to Calvary. If you read the text, you'll find out that Jesus is is walking with one of the biggest burdens that any man has ever had to carry. Is it all right to come down here? All right, just making sure. I don't want to do nothing to mess nobody up. Bible says, I want to get a, I want to get a, in amongst you. Those people that's fallen asleep at nine o'clock this morning. I don't come sit in your lap. Hallelujah. Bible says, <laughs> some of you people looking at me, you're like, My God, what is this? That's all right. Y'all may be looking at me weird, but I'm looking at a few of you weird too. You keep your eye on me, I'll keep my eye on you. (laughs) Jesus is carrying the weight of the cross. He's carrying the sin of the world on his back. That's my sin. That's your sin. And he is bearing... The Bible said that just a few verses later, you'll find out that he was in agony in the garden of Gethsemane begging his father, let this cup pass from me. He is in so much agony that the Bible said he began to sweat great drops of blood. That's my sin on his back. I did that to him. He didn't have to come here. He came here for me and you. And I think of how much agony he's in and how much pain he's in and how much he's about to go through. See, the Gospels tell us about the humanity of what Jesus went through. We read about the cat of nine tails. We read about how his back was laid open. We read about the nails that pierced his hands and his feet. But if you go over to Psalm chapter 22, you find out that there's a whole lot more than his humanity that was sacrificed. It was his deity. The Bible says that the the demons, the, the bulls of Bashan gnashed on me. That's the demons of hell gnashing on him. He went through a whole lot more spiritual pain than he did physical pain. The Bible says that he's carrying the weight of the world on his shoulder, and he stops in the middle of the road, and he says, there's a colt over there, and he's tied up. Now notice the colt was not within eye shot. The colt was not where Jesus was. It's not that he stumbled upon this colt but he stopped in the middle of the road and his mind went to a city that wasn't even near where they were at. It wasn't even within eye shot of where he was but he had his mind on a little colt that was tied up in a marketplace in another town. Let me stop long enough and say this. You may feel like you're distant from God. You may feel like God don't know where you're at listen can I tell you something you're never too far that Jesus cannot find you where you are if he can reach a colt that's in another town I promise you honey he can reach you where you are he's got his mind on this colt he said there's a colt over there he's tied up I want you to loose him and bring him to me I remember the day that Jesus set me free from the bondage of sin, but there have been plenty of times where I got entangled again in the yoke of bondage But the Bible says, stand fast in the liberty. That means plant your feet so fast in it that nothing, no hell, no high water, no storm, no problem, no divorce, no depression, no discouragement, no distance, no disconnection, nothing can separate you from your stand in the liberty of God. He said, You'll find a colt that's tied up. I see myself in that coat. I find out the condition of the locked coat. I want you to watch this real quickly. Number one, the condition of that locked coat. The Bible said that he's tied by a door. Now here he is, he's tied at a place where people, a door is a symbol of entrance, it's a symbol of where people get access. Jesus said, I am the door, it's access into heaven. The door is a symbol of access. It said that he was tied by a door. Now watch this, other people got to walk through the door, but he couldn't because he was tied up. I wonder how many in here this morning, you feel like other people, you're in the place where everybody else is but you don't have the position that everybody else has. And you certainly don't have the purpose everybody else has because when everybody else gets access into where you think you ought to be, you feel locked down to something. I wonder who walked in here this morning. It's July 4th. It's Independence Weekend. It's time for somebody to get set free. That's something that's holding some people down. You can't get this crowd together. You can't get this many people together and there not be somebody walking in here with a yoke on them. You can't get all these people together. You can't live in the society. You can't work with a cussing boss like you work with. You can't experience the hell that's come your way. And you can't have the attacks from the devil himself. He knows your address. He's coming to your house every day. You can't have that happen and not be locked down to something. And there you sit, locked to a door. Other people get access and you don't. The condition of the lock, cold. He's locked to a door, but watch this. He's locked where two ways met. Bible said he's locked by a door without. He's kept out of it, but he's also locked where two ways met. You know what that is? That's a crossroads. I wonder how many in here this morning are at a crossroads. You look down one way and say, I wonder if that's God's direction. You look down the other way and you say, I wonder if that's God's direction. And you sit at a crossroads and you have no idea which direction or what decision to make. I wonder who's at a crossroads this morning. And see, here's the problem. If it's me, I don't know about you, but I know me a whole lot. I'm with me most of the time. I'm really with me more than anybody else is. So I know me more than pretty much anybody else does. And I know there's times in my life when I was a kid, I was 17, I had so many decisions to make. And you know what? I found myself with relationships, with where I'd go work, with where I'd go to school, with who I'd hang out with. When I was 17, I made just about every bad decision I could ever make. And I found myself, when I made a bad decision, I'd get locked down even more. I wonder who this morning is living in the prison of a bad decision. And there you are. You look at the crossroads and you don't know which way to take. (laughs) You try your way to the world, but the world pulls you back. The church pulls you back. You try your way with the church, but the world pulls you back. There you are at a crossroads and you have no idea which way to take. Can I tell you what? There's a man in a city that you can't even see right now. And he's talking about you. And he's got his mind on you. And he's got a plan for you. And he's got a purpose for you. And you don't know which way to go. But can I tell you something? He said, I am the way. Can I tell you something? I sure am glad when I came to a crossroads. And I didn't know which way to take. I didn't choose a way. I chose the way. And he is the The way, the truth and the life. I promise you this morning if you could fall on your face if you could bow before that God, if you could ask Jesus help me Lord, make this right decision. I don't want my decision. I don't want their decision. I don't want my way. I don't want their way. God I want the way. If you could say that this morning you'd find out he is the way. That Colt was locked down. We had this little girl. My time's running short. We had this little girl. We tried to counsel with and help. She sang in the youth choir where we were at. I mean, just had a good time in life. We thought this little girl was a little overweight, and she had people pick on her left and right. And just we watched her go down further and further and further. And she'd become depressed and you'd see her and she started wearing all kinds of dark clothing and blacked out eye makeup, and blacked out fingernails and just a life that was just a mess and she kept going further down, got out of the choir, got out of church and her mom and daddy tried to reach her. This girl wasn't, I'm not talking about a 25-year-old, I'm talking about a 15-year-old. i tell you something, the devil's not playing with us. I got two little babies, and I pray to God that God would protect them and watch over them because there's so much out there they can get involved in that will ruin and wreck their lives. We began to pray for this little girl, and one day her daddy come home. Sad story. Her daddy came home and found her in the backyard she had hung herself. Fifteen years of age, preacher. She wrote a note to her parents. She said, I don't know how to take it anymore. I can't live with this. Her mom and daddy right now are seeking counseling and trying to get help because they don't know what it was. Can I tell you something, mom and daddy? You're the only mom and daddy your babies are going to have. They got plenty of best friends. They don't need a best friend. You need to be a parent. My daughter... (laughs) My daughter, five years old, shut the door on her mama the other day. Now, you just got to know my wife. I I hope you let me come back. I want them to meet my wife. She's a sweetheart until she gets crossed. She's just like her mama. That little girl shut that door. She ran upstairs. She opened that door. She said, little lady, you are way too young for me to kill right here. She said, you do not shut the door on me ever. If you ever think, I will unhinge this door and you'll go the rest of your life doorless. Can I tell you something? If they ain't paying mortgage, they don't have an opinion. Get in their business. Find out. You pay that phone bill. You check out what's going on on the phone. You pay for them to have a house. They owe you the right to get in the middle of their stuff. And I know there's a bunch of kids in here that ain't liking this. Mm, I don't care. It's time. uh, Parents be parents. Get in their business. These people didn't know what it was. Locked. They were locked. That little girl hung herself because she was tied up to something that wouldn't let her go. He said, You're going to find the colt that's tied, the condition of the locked colt. Then he said, What I want you to do is I want you to loose him. Two words Loose him. <laughs> I wonder who needs to hear that word this morning. Loose him loose him. He said, you don't find him tied up, but I want you to loose him. Now, what amazes me is Jesus said, the Lord hath need of him. I got to thinking about why Jesus ever came by my way, what he'd ever want with me. I'm not the best preacher. There's a thousand other evangelists you could have had come in here this morning and do a whole lot better job than I can. I'll never understand what Jesus sees in me. But the Bible said, he said, the Lord hath need of him. Now we always preach it, God don't need me, but I sure do need him. But I didn't say it. He said, the Lord hath Need of him, and I got to looking at that. And I got to understanding that and studying it. And God gave it to me like this: when He said, "Loose him," He made a request for an animal that was about as dumb as it could be. Uh, 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 one of the dumbest creatures God ever created was that colt. But but God said, "I need him. I've got something for him." And I got to thinking about it the other day when my father used to ask me to help him work on the car he, he, he did all the job. He did everything. Something was wrong with the car. He'd go outside. He'd say, come help me. And I'd stand there and he's underneath the car and he's taking parts off and I'm not doing anything. I have no idea. I look at an engine and in my mind, the wires just cross and I have no idea to fix it. But daddy had a plan that could fix it. Daddy knew what it took to fix it. Daddy knew exactly what he needed to fix it. And there I stood. I don't know what he needed with me. There I stood, and every now and then, he, Daddy would say, I need a, a, a wrench. Go over there and get a wrench. So I'd go over there and get a wrench. Notice he said, I need a wrench. It wasn't my wrench that I got. It was my father's wrench. He owned it. But I was going over there and assisting him and helping him work on the car. Now, all I did was just go get a wrench, bring it to him. He did the job. I didn't have to loosen a bolt. I didn't have to tighten a bolt. he said, say, I need a flathead screw driver. i go over here. Notice he said I need. So I'd go over and get. It was not my screwdriver. It was his screwdriver. I'm just walking over there and reaching. Listen, all he had to do was get up and go get it himself, but he asked me to help him. So there I did. I put it in his hand, and here Daddy is. I remember when the car was fixed, everything was done on it. Daddy walked inside. I walked inside. He's covered from head to toe with grease, and I barely got enough on my hands, and that's just because I reached in there and wiped it myself and there I walk in and daddy said to mama said, mama said did you get the car fixed she said yep we got he said yep we got the car fixed Brent did a good job Brent didn't do nothing I didn't even do nothing I was there to assist when he said I needed it's not that he didn't have it's that he wanted me to assist him and when God says I need you it's not that he don't have any other choice and that he can't live without you it's just a wonderful thing that he Let's us be a part. It's not my plan. It's not my purpose. It's not my ideas that's going to fix this thing. But I get to assist in what God's doing. And when he says I need, I get to be a part of the need that God has to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody give God praise. Right there. He requested that little cold. Notice this. I'm, I'm, I'm quickly wrapping it up. Notice this. He said, now there's going to be some that's going to have a problem with you turning him loose. And you know what? They found it just like Jesus had said. Did you know there's going to be ha- people who have problems with what you're doing in here this morning? People ain't going to like what's going on in here this morning. They got a problem with people getting set free when they don't get set free the way they think they ought to be. But you know what? Those disciples, they followed Jesus' command and they found it just like Jesus said it. And when they got there, you know what they did? I love how the Bible phrases it. Don't tell me God didn't write that book. It didn't say the conversation that went between those two. You know what it said? It just simply said, and they told them just as Jesus had commanded. That might not help you, but it sure does jump up and down inside my soul. When I think that I don't have to stand toe-to-toe with the devil and try to conjure up an argument of why people get to be set free, of why drug addicts get to be saved and now they're singing in a choir, of why an alcoholic don't have to be an alcoholic the rest of his life, no matter what his daddy was, no matter what his mama did, it only matters what Jesus is doing right now. When I think about what Jesus is doing, I don't have to conjure up an argument, I don't even have to come up with my own sermons, I don't even have to come up with the words. You know what I get to do? I get to say it just like Jesus commanded it, and it works. I love this phrase, and the Bible said, and they let them go. I sure am thankful that when it comes to the word of God, the devil's power begins to break down. I don't have to fight him. I've just got to say it like Jesus has said it, and the Bible said, and they let them go. What a God. who gave us enough power in his word to change somebody's chains. (laughs) Bless his name. He said, you'll find the colt tied, the condition of the lock colt, the command of the loose colt, but watch this, this is it, I'm done. The commission of the lead colt. Jesus said, you're going to find a colt down there. He's tied up. I want you to loose him. But he didn't stop there. He did not say, loose him and just let him go. Because knowing that colt, let me put it this way, knowing me, I would have ran back into the same mess I I had just come from and got locked up again. But he said, bring him you know I know this preacher that every time Jesus called a disciple he didn't say he didn't pick them out of the crowd and say I want you to go to Decapolis I want you to go to Samaria he didn't do that you know what he did he said come here I ain't got enough time to preach all this but I want to tell you this There are three times in Scripture where Jesus gave a a commandment for something to be loosed. Three times. I only find that word where Jesus said loose three times in Scripture. One time he's standing over by a grave, and there's a man that's wrapped up inside by the name of Lazarus. And the Bible said he called him, said, Lazarus. And then he said, Loose him and let him go. Listen, you'll never get loosed until you There's another woman in Scripture. You've heard it preached a thousand times about a woman who had an issue in her body, spirit of infirmity, the Bible said, and she was bound within herself. She was in church just like everybody else was, but she was bound down to something the Bible said that Jesus called her to him and said, woman, thou art loosed. What is that? You will never get loosed until you can be led to Jesus. Bible said, I'm done. Bible said whenever he came to where Jesus was, they did something very peculiar. Preacher, I don't find it anywhere else in Scripture that this happened. The Bible, can you help me a second? Come here, stand up here. The Bible said, help me take that coat off. The Bible said, That when he got down to where Jesus was, that they cast their garments on him. Pretty funny. Not on Jesus, on the colt. Old theologian said this in his book. He wrote about this text. He said that there's a reason why. Are y'all with me? Say amen. I'm done. I'm done. I'm wrapping it up right now. He said, there's a reason why that colt is in the marketplace and he's not in a field somewhere. He said that those people who owned that colt had brought him to that marketplace and tied him up because he was going to the auction to be auctioned off to the highest bidder. The only reason he's standing that he's locked in, and he's tied up in that marketplace is somebody's trying to sell him to the highest bidder. I remember when my life was being sold on an auction block, and every man or woman, boy or girl that has come into this world, your life is up for sale. I sure am thankful that Jesus pays a price that no other man can ever match. No demon in hell can match. There's no alcoholic. There's no drug. There's Nothing, there's no immoral lifestyle that the blood of Jesus cannot pay a higher price. Bible says that he was in that marketplace that theologian said he was brought to that marketplace because they couldn't do nothing with him they didn't know what to do with him so all they thought was to sell him I remember when I was just a kid a teenager and my parents couldn't hold me and they couldn't do nothing with me and I was as rebellious in my mind as I could be and I was as crazy as I could be just like that little colt. I was wild nobody could do nothing with me and there the devil said he's going to be an alcoholic a demon said no he's going to be a meth addict then another man said no he's going to be an adulterer then another one said he's going to live an immoral lifestyle don't sit down on me yet I ain't done with you hey then many demons many problems many issues came he's going to deal with depression he's going to battle with not being good enough for everybody around him but then Jesus stepped forward in the darkness and said I'm going to pay a price that no man can match. I will purchase him with my own blood and he's mine. He's mine. Thank God I'm his and he is mine. The Bible said when he came down to where they were this coat had been owned he had been branded, he had been beaten on, he had been mocked at, kids in the street throw rocks at him laugh at him as he's tied up he'd kick at them and they'd wound him and there he walks with the brands and the tattoos and the markings and the wounds of a life that has nothing to do with him and then when he gets to where Jesus is they put the coats on him you know what that means? Everybody brand is covered up. Every wound is covered up. Every heartache is covered up. The thing I like about Jesus is you can come broken. You can come burdened. You can come bruised. You can come wounded. But when you come to Jesus, he covers it all. Somebody, praise God. That theologian said this. He said, when he got in the saddle when Jesus climbed on top of him and started riding him through the street. Said all them people are crying, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he that cometh in the name (laughs) of that. That means that all those other things that happened to that cole, he's in a different place now. They used to cuss at him. They used to mock him. They used to laugh at him. He was around a godless society. But now he's hearing things like, blessed is he that cometh in the name. Aren't you glad that last night you wasn't in a bar hearing vile things and wicked things, but here you are sitting up in the house of God this morning praising God. And that hand they used to take of alcohol, now it lifts up praise to God. That voice that used to cuss and tell dirty jokes, now you're telling goodness of God. Now he's in a place he's never been in before. And the Bible said they threw their garments on him. That theologian said that he walked through the street and he had been so covered all the wounds and all the brands had been so covered that when people looked at him they couldn't even see him all they could see was Jesus I sure am thankful that when God came into my life and he sat down in my life it was not about who I used to be but it's about who Jesus is now you can have a seat Y'all preach a wild man of death up here. Can I move in here with y'all? You can't treat an evangelist like that and make him preach this early this morning like this. Evangelist bags are already packed. He'll move in with you. Had this little girl that came to camp. I'm done. If y'all got somebody, and play something. Invitation, y'all come on had this little girl come to camp she was one of these cutters how many of you know what I mean when I say that mutilating her arms we've counseled some older folks in here may not know what that means but there's people that live down the street from you who are doing it right now it's demonic it's out of hell would counsel with this little girl. She'd roll up her sleeves and her mama and her daddy were so mad at her for it. And they said, show them what you did. Show them what you did. They didn't know that. Jesus don't ever expose a wound until he can heal it. And if you can't heal a wound you need to stop trying to expose it in everybody else. Parents looked at her and said, Show them, show them what you've been doing. She just sat there and cried, embarrassed, and rolled up her sleeves, been cutting her arms. We counseled with her, talked to her. And God gave me something to tell. I'll never get over it, I'll never forget it. I said, Honey, why do you do that? She said, because I got pain on the inside that I cannot get out. And the only way I can get it out, she said, I feel so empty. The only way I can get it out is to bleed it out. I said, baby, you know, I know somebody who cut themselves. And he bled out from head to toe so that you don't have to. I looked at her, tears in my eyes, and she's weeping and crying. Those tears, that heartache, that hurt was carving traces through the makeup on her face. God gave me something to tell her that I'll never get over and I'll never forget it. I said, honey, it's not something you need to get out of you. It's somebody you need to get in you. She said, but he won't have nothing to do. I said, honey, he came all this way just for you. Nothing your mama or your daddy or all your friends can do about it. If you let him in, all that hurts got to go out. Got every demon you're fighting with got to pack up bags and go somewhere else. And God's about to clean up your life if you'll just invite him in. Right in that office, she sat and bowed her head to Jesus. She's in church this morning. She sings in a praise team at church. and She's honoring God. She wears long sleeve shirts to cover up the scars. I'm here to tell you, God covered them scars up a long time before she ever put that shirt on. And that's what a God can do for you. I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're living through this morning. But I've come to tell you, you can leave this place and brag about it. He set me free. Bless his name. Every head bowed, every eye closed, preacher. I don't know how you give the invitation. I'm going to give it to you let you do it.
1: Let's all stand to our feet. Everyone stand. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings, your kindness, your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for a wonderful, wonderful message. A message filled with truth that teaches us we don't have to stay bound. We don't have to stay in a place, Lord, where the devil's got us bound to sin. We can be forgiven. We can be set free. We can be delivered. We can be loosed. Lord, I pray for everyone that's bound in this room today. Lord I want them to come I want them to come Lord there's an altar in the balcony there's an altar on the floor and Lord they don't have to be they don't have to be lost to be bound there's some saved folk in here that's bound and Lord I pray that today will be the day that they are free Lord we have people at this altar be glad to pray with whoever comes if they need someone to pray with them, Lord, we're here. Lord, if there's one here that's lost, that doesn't know you, we have ladies for ladies and men for men on the floor as well as in the balcony that's got a Bible in their hand. Be glad to take a Bible and show them how to be saved. But Lord, I pray that for everyone else that's just needing relief, that's needing relief, I pray that they'd find a place in this altar and ask you, Lord, set me free. Take away this bondage. Take away this pain. I pray that your perfect will be done. As we sing this verse of invitation, I pray your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Tyler. You sing. You sing. Help him sing.
0: God is speaking to your heart. You come on.
1: Not this ain't just for lost people. Maybe you're saved and you're you've been burdened. Maybe you've been bound by discouragement. Maybe you've been bound by depression. Maybe you've been
0: bound by defeat.
1: And you just need someone to help
0: you. And trust I Yes. Lord I pray. Lord, I,
1: pray.
0: God, you I surrender.
1: You can leave loose. There's folks in the balcony. We've got prayer warriors in the balcony. Be glad to.